Welcome to episode two of the Dollars and Doctor Show. I'm your host, Kirthaj Varn, founder and financial planner at White Coat Financial. On today's episode, we're going to give a general overview of what a financial plan is and the different components of a healthy financial plan. To help my explanation, I will outline a concept that I use with clients called the financial hierarchy of needs. I created it to help my clients understand the different phases of their life and how their financial needs will change over time and how we help them navigate through all the different stages of their financial journey. If you're on audio only, I'll try my best to be as descriptive as possible, but visit our YouTube page to view the visuals that coincide with this episode. Without further ado, let's get started. Picture Maslow's hierarchy of needs. At the base, you have your physiological needs, and then safety, love and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. Based on my experience of working with clients from all walks of life, I've replicated the different stages of Maslow's hierarchy of needs as financial needs that you'll come across throughout your life. And a quick disclosure, this is not a perfect or all-encompassing list of the different financial phases or the characteristics associated with each phase, nor does everyone follow these phases in perfect order. It's simply meant to act as a guideline. It starts with your basic financial needs. Of course, the most basic financial need we have is to have an income, or at least the ability to earn an income. You need income or cash flow coming in in order to survive, period. Initially in your life, this income or cash flow typically comes from parents providing for you. Then you'll either have a job or you'll have access to credit in the form of either a line of credit or a student loan while you're a student. This serves as your lifeline by providing you a quote-unquote income, or more accurately, allows you to make withdrawals to provide yourself with some cash flow from your student loan or your student line of credit. But eventually, you'll have a job that provides you with an income to pay for your day-to-day living expenses. Also, as part of your basic financial needs, you need to have a budget. This doesn't have to be some complicated spreadsheet. It can simply be a list of your monthly expenses and how much income you earn after taxes every single month. We'll do a deep dive into budgeting in another episode, but for now, you just want to get an idea of how much money comes in every month and how much goes out every single month. Next, you need to have an emergency fund. Typically, it's recommended to have three to six months worth of expenses saved up in cash. However, early in your career, or maybe even after your first few paychecks you'll receive, it's likely that your line of credit will act as your emergency fund. We even have some clients that continue using their line of credit as their emergency fund after it's been paid off. But it's ideal to have a cash emergency fund and an empty or zero balance line of credit or two to supplement your emergency fund. And the final part of your basic financial needs is to pay off all high interest debts. This would be things like credit cards, payday loans, or any other debt above an 8-10% to interest rate. This is because having a credit card balance that's charging you 19% interest every single year is impossible to escape from if you're just making the minimum payments, and it can quite literally leave you in fight-or-flight mode. Once you have an income, a budget, and an emergency fund, and you've paid off all your high-interest debt, you've essentially met your basic financial needs. The next stage in your financial journey towards financial freedom is risk management. This is often overlooked and not discussed, but insurance and planning for the unexpected is a crucial part of your financial plan. 
Now, there could be many risk management needs depending on your financial situation, but the most common one for doctors or the first one for doctors is typically professional insurance, which is the ENO or professional liability insurance purchased through your respective association that allows you to work and protects you in case of malpractice or negligence. The next category of risk management needs is personal insurance, which encompasses things like disability, critical illness, life, home, auto, and travel insurance, or more. I'll be doing an episode where I do a deep dive into insurance in the coming weeks, but in summary, insurance is there as a fail-safe. If you get sick, crash your car, make a mistake, or if something bad happens, insurance is there to protect you financially. It kind of works as your immune system for your financial plan. The final piece of solidifying your risk management needs is establishing a will and potentially even having a power of attorney. There's much more to estate planning than having a will, and I'll be having a lawyer on the podcast to discuss the importance of wills and estate planning shortly. But in a nutshell, a will outlines who will receive your assets when you pass away and how much they will receive and even the manner in which they receive it. It can also outline your final wishes concerning healthcare and establish a legal guardian for your children. Once you have your professional insurance, your personal insurance, and a will made, you've likely met your risk management needs. The next phase is the phase that many of the clients that we meet with start in. Mind you, there are usually a few aspects from basic financial planning needs and risk management needs that need to be addressed, but typically, after a few weeks of being employed as a doctor, you'll likely be in the financial confidence phase of your financial journey. This phase typically involves a significant increase in income, meaning you should not be living paycheck to paycheck anymore. It's also the phase where you've eliminated all high interest debt, and the only debt remaining typically is maybe a car loan, a mortgage, or student loans. This is also where people begin their investment journey, and typically at the end of this phase is when people buy their first home. This is one of the most critical phases, since decisions made here can seriously alter your financial future when those decisions are compounded over decades. You're typically faced with decisions like whether you should invest or pay down your student loans, whether you should incorporate your practice or not, and even whether you should buy a home or start a clinic. All of these decisions are much more complex than they may seem on the surface and can drastically impact your life's trajectory, so it's important to speak with a professional about what makes sense for you. But overall, once your income's increased, you've eliminated your high interest debt, you've started investing, and maybe you've even purchased your first home or your first clinic, is when you've completed the financial confidence phase. This next phase is where I pride myself on getting clients into as fast as possible and helping clients stay here as long as possible. I call it the growth and diversification phase. This phase typically involves paying off all consumer debt, So the only debts remaining at this phase are your mortgage or potentially a business loan that's associated with a clinic that you own. This means your cars, your student loans, and any other debts are typically paid off. In this phase, we also focus on investing aggressively and diversifying your investments, meaning with every single paycheck, you're increasing your net worth through investment contributions, and you have a range of investment options, such as stocks, real estate, and maybe even potential ownership of a business like a clinic. This is also when clients start to generate some form of passive income, be it either in the form of a rental income from a basement suite in your house, a rental property, or maybe even some dividends from your stock portfolio, or a clinic that they might be a partner in. 
And while this phase is exciting, it typically comes with added complexity, mainly in the form of tax planning. Most clients who make it to this phase have already incorporated, but at this stage, we typically need to start doing much more in-depth tax planning due to the investments held in your corporation, maybe owning multiple properties, and potentially even because of a growing family or more. Overall, the growth and diversification phase involves eliminating all non-real estate or non-investment debts, growing and diversifying your investment portfolio, earning passive income, and some potential needs for increased tax planning. If you've made it this far, there's only one more phase in the financial hierarchy of needs, which is financial freedom. This is the phase that comes at different times for many people, and it differs person to person the most out of all the different stages we've discussed so far. Financial freedom involves eliminating all non-investment debt, meaning the only debts that a person typically has at this point is debt that's tied to some sort of investment property or other investment opportunities, which means that any interest paid on debt at this point in your life is tax-deductible debt. This is also the phase where your passive income from your overall investment portfolio begins to outweigh your basic living expenses and working officially becomes optional. Finally, the financial freedom phase typically involves a heightened need for estate and succession planning, meaning the big questions at this point typically involve how you'd want your children to be cared for and how you want your legacy to be viewed. Now the ages or the timeline that one achieves these different financial phases depends on a magnitude of factors like socioeconomic status, work ethic, your health, your family life, your temperament, your occupation, your geography, and the list goes on and on. There are also times when you can go back in phases, sometimes after a divorce, a recession, health issues, and again, the list goes on and on. The point of having a financial plan is to essentially lay out where you're currently at from a net worth, cash flow, career, and family standpoint and more, and then to take into account any of your financial goals and unique circumstances in your life. From there, it's the job of your financial planner to map out and plan for how to bridge the gap between where you currently are and where you'd like to go in the most efficient manner possible while weighing out all of the opportunities and risks that are involved in your financial situation. That is what a financial plan does in simplest terms. But it's an ongoing process, not something that can be drawn up once and never looked at again. A good financial plan is dynamic and it changes with your life as different variables in your life inevitably change. The role of a financial planner like myself is to not only create and update the financial plan, but to guide you through all the different phases, answer your questions, and provide you with advice when circumstances in your life change. In that way, I like to think of myself kind of like a financial Sherpa. Imagine the financial hierarchy of needs as a mountain, and I'm a financial Sherpa that's incredibly skilled at taking people up the mountain in the safest and most effective way possible. In real life, it's the Sherpa's job to know the route to take, what tools to use, what pathways to avoid, and any potential dangers that might lay ahead, and most importantly, guide you to your destination when you're on a hike or any other sort of trek. Similarly, as a financial planner, it's my job to help my clients reach their financial goals by telling them how to manage their income, what to invest in, what things to avoid, potential dangers that exist in their financial plan, and most importantly, provide support and guidance to any of the questions that they might have. 
So while I can't climb the mountain for you, metaphorically speaking, I can help ensure that every step you take, financially speaking, is in the right direction and to help you avoid costly errors and provide reassurance on what the best possible path between you and the top of your mountain, which is your financial goals. And that concludes our second episode of the Dollars and Doctors show. My goal for this episode was to give you a broad overview of the different aspects of a financial plan, the different financial planning phases that you'll likely go through in life, and how a financial planner can help you achieve your goals. This episode was brought to you by White Coat Financial. Our goal at White Coat Financial is to change the financial planning industry by combining a fiduciary duty with a one-stop shop experience for our clients. If you're a Canadian doctor and you're looking for financial advice on mortgages, investing, insurance, taxes, or any other financial matters, visit our website, www.whitecoatfinancial.ca. On our website, you'll be able to schedule a free initial consultation to learn about how White Coat Financial can help you protect your income, grow your money, and live better. If you have any questions or feedback for us, you can email me directly at gurthage at whitecoatfinancial.ca. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. And thank you for your ongoing support. I look forward to speaking with you soon. The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not to be taken as financial advice. While the host of this podcast is a registered financial planner, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, you should always consult with a financial professional about your unique circumstances and personal situation. The hosts and guests of this podcast are not responsible for any errors or omissions or for any actions taken based on the information provided in this podcast. It is the responsibility of the listener to do their own due diligence and make informed financial decisions.